This week, we read The Lightning Thief, Chapter 16. We take a zebra to Vegas. You know what they say, baby? Always bet on black and, and, and white. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that, that'll play. That'll play. Uh, it's better than the one I had about the zebra going to zebra school. Hi, all my buddies. Hi. W- w- welcome back, campers. Uh, Who are well, you, and how did you get in my podcast? Uh, you invited me, and much like a shit, and much like a malevolent fae, I'm here to make you regret that. Uh, oh no, you're a vampire. Welcome back to the Jackson Two, the only Percy Jackson uh, reread podcast where, uh, if you're mad that a twelve year at a twelve year old girl. Because she doesn't look like the set in stone, uh, vision of a book character you had when you were 12. Uh, please just go fuck yourself. Without preamble, racists go to the fields of torment. Uh, racists go to the fields of hit yourself with a hammer. Uh. Yep, where the Furies will use you for flensing practices. Uh. Seriously, Uncle Rick said, "Look, I chose this girl. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't really know who you guys think you're arguing yeah, with." Uncle Rick has, like, without reservation or like caveat, nope. been like, "You guys are wrong. Take my book out of your eyes." Yeah, Uncle Rick's the coolest. He is, uh, uh, and we don't just say that in hopes of him coming to hang out with us sometime because we would both be tongue tied and uh, have no idea what to say. Yeah. In any event. Uh, okay, let me check the checklist here. Excoriate racists, check. Interrupt William in his intro, check. Introduce ourselves. Oh, who are we? Uh, well, I am William Mills, the, uh, lord and father of the Jackson 2. Alright. And you are... Y'all know me. Y'all know how I make my living. You are loud Diet Coke, I get it. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> no, they call me LCW, the Bageler. Yes, the the C stands for Casey. The W stands for something, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing. It, 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 it's a Homer J Simpson situation where the W just stands for W. Uh, yeah, my middle name is actually Wubble U. Yeah, and uh, Casey, uh, would you give the good people? Because we only accept good people here. Uh, That's true. A a brief uh, overview of the last chapter, if yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. So, because uh, last time, Aries bought them cheeseburgers. Beginning and end of Casey's notes. No, that's not true. So they went to a diner. They tried to buy some hamburgers. Aries showed up and was frankly a real dick to everyone involved. And said, yo, you cats need a ride west. If you head to the lost and found at yonder water park and bring me back what is mine, I will get you headed out towards the coast where the sun sets. And uh, they said, oh, well, we're a captive audience, so sure. So they went and did that, and they got his shield. And then, oh, no, Admiral Akbar, Admiral Snackbar, it was a trap. Uh, apparently Hephaestus had set some sort of bamboozlement in place to catch Ares and Athena. Aphrodite. Uh, Ares and Aphrodite, uh, let's see, making the, uh, thing with a thousand hands. 
Wasn't that one of the monsters in Greek mythology? Like the Tongue Wonder Giants. Yeah, with like a hundred hands. Yeah. yeah, that was a good joke, listeners. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, they barely got out of there with their lives, and uh, th- uh, and then after winding up as reality TV stars for Olympus, and then PJ said, uh, let's go pick a fight with the God of War. Yeah, which, you know, that that's always led to good things, hasn't it? On point 12-year-old energy, it must be said. Yeah, and... Uh, we start this, uh, we start this chapter with, uh, Percy wants to fight. He sure does. He accuses Ares, he says, you knew it was a trap. Ares is being a smug son of a bitch and says, yeah, obviously, but like, you guys looked good on TV. Good job. And, uh, Percy's like, hold me back, bros! Yeah, and, yeah, Percy and ABC wants and Grover to do. Fight. He real, real does, though. And it, Ares does a cool thing where he takes his shield and he spins it in the air like a pizza pie. And it turns into a bulletproof vest, which is appropriate, but I think we can agree, less cool than a bitch and shield. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, like, I'd pay attention if I saw a biker just roll up with a giant bronze shield. I think I think that guy was cool as hell. Yeah, I'd, I'd have many questions. Although, frankly, see, here's the thing. But I would probably be too scared to ask them. What Ares clearly loves more than anything, more than a game of let's you and him fight, which he's been playing with Poseidon and Zeus for funsies, basically. Is a game of let's you and me fight? Well, no, more than that, he, well, yes, he he loves a game of quien es mas macho. Uh, he loves lording his, his, his great big pair of burning eyeballs over other people and intimidating them. And, like, as frustrating as that is, and as unpleasant as that is to deal with, it also has very real, very obvious weaknesses. Like, yeah. how easy would it be to point out, like, hey, if you're such a badass, why do you need a shield? Why don't you just, like, <laughs> not get hit? <laughs> you know? <laughs> why you gotta hide behind a big circle? And if he were an intelligent man, he'd say, because getting hit in the face sucks. It really does, though. Mm. You know what else sucks? Yeah. So he indicates that their ride to the coast uh, is a big old 18-wheeler labeled Kindness International Humane Zoo Transport Warning live animals and uh listeners here here i must sincerely this is not casey making a goof i promise uh i must give a sincere like content warning there's some pretty upsetting like animal abuse and neglect in this chapter yeah it's very upsetting it's rough and we're gonna try to gloss over it as much as we can but like it's part of the narrative mechanism of the chapter so it's not entirely possible we're probably gonna put like a little content warning in the description of this episode uh, yeah, no, I'll I'll certainly do that. Um, in any event, uh, he also slings them a backpack full of prizes. What do they get, William? Uh, Tell the kids what they won. Uh, fresh clothes for all of us. Twenty yeah. bucks in cash. A, Not bad. A pouch full of golden drachmas and a bag of double stuffed Oreos. See, here's the thing, William. Yes, I I get that. Like part of the nature of the gods in this story is that they, like, change according to the times, Uh. right? So, like, Ares' shield is actually a bulletproof vest, even though, like, 
it wasn't even originally a shield. Like, a shield is just the shape it took of that idea, yeah. right? So that's a manifestation. But, like, I also like the idea that they also genuinely just take on things. Like, he just realized Oreos were awesome. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> this doesn't correctly. mean anything. Uh. But, like... But, like, he just takes a bite and he's like, these would have blown Marcus Aurelius's fucking mind. He wouldn't have been a stoic after this shit. Probably not. Uh, oh, and uh, another point I liked is um, when he points at the, uh, out the 18-wheeler, he says, he points out that he could read, he could actually read the sign because yeah. it was in a reverse print white on black font. A good combination yeah. for dyslexia. Which I did not I know that. Like drops like that. Uh, yeah, I do too. I knew that there are several fonts or typefaces. Yeah, I am not clear on the difference between a font and a typeface. Um, uh, I'm sure our listeners will tell us. I actually have a manga called What the Font. Of course you do. In which a bunch of different fonts and typefaces are anthropomorphized, and they teach you all about like, histories and Hel- Helvetica. Say? And Garamond uh, and similar. It's educational, William. Anyway, uh, but I'm not clear on the difference. But I, I do know that there are a number of those that are allegedly yeah. designed to be easier for the dyslexic yeah. reader. And it turns out, you want to know what one of the easiest to read standard fonts is for dyslexic people? Fuck. Is it Sans Serif? No, it's Comic Sans. That's what I meant to say. It's Comic Sans. Yeah. It, Gross. Uh, yeah, apparently... Uh, because. Apparently, because of the irregularity um, in the oh. letters, I, I don't know, like, I don't fully under- know the mechanics of, like, dyslexia, but right. something about the irregularity of the letters helps them stick for a lot of people. Neato! Yeah, so I, I just thought that was cool. Um, right on. I think I did know that. And yeah, and it's, it's a real shame that Comic Sans gets such a bad rap. Like, I did a ugh, Comic Sans thing a minute ago, but that's just like, that's just the internet joke, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a shame that something that makes, uh, reading more accessible to millions of people is so I mean, aligned in our country. It wasn't, de- it wasn't designed for that. It was, that, no, that, that, that's, but it's a bonus. It, it, it was an unexpected side effect. Uh, yeah, it was designed to be easy to replicate in comic books. Yeah, it, it was designed to look fun and uh, childlike whimsy. Uh, yeah. Hey, listeners, did you know that in most comic books there's a letterer? Like yeah. most of the most of the text isn't like printed like with a printer. Most of those are hand lettered. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's wild. I could not do it. No, my my fingers protest at the idea of doing that all day. I struggle with handwriting regularity, but so PJ is just burying the fuck you needle on this guy. Yeah, he, but Grover, he really wants to just punch Ares in the face, and well, and he's and he's aware that like that is Ares doing, right? Yeah, he he's aware it's, yeah. that Ares is uh, stirring up his anger. And he's aware right. that it's probably a bad idea, but he still really right. wants to do it. Yeah. But ABC and Grover uh, steer more toward gratitude for the free stuff, which is pretty good. Again, $20. What? What is Ares think that, is, that tw- $20 gets? What is Uncle Rick thinking $20 is going to get? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Uncle Rick, do you know that's how a better money question, works? Maybe. 
Uh, is this on purpose? Please tell us if this is on purpose. Uh, well, William, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was a teacher, so we know he was rolling in that fat cash. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. The, the, the infamously well-paying job of public school teacher. Uh, exactly. He's going to pop some tags, which uh, I realize only now is actually slang for shoplifting, which would imply poverty and the necessity to steal. Never mind. Anyway. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course... Before they take off, the server and the fry cook from the diner manage to get a picture of them. So that's great. Of course. And, you know, PJ is like, ah, fuck this. And he's like, Jackson, one more thing, Aries. Talk to me about my mom. He pulls a Columbo. One more thing. And Aries confirms that St. Sally, like Captain Jack Sparrow before her, uh, is not dead, but only taken. Yeah, but, yeah, much like I predicted in chapter three. Uh, yes. <laughs> and is being held intentionally as a, as a piece on the game board. Uh, to what effect? Well, we don't know yet. Maybe controlling PJ, maybe? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, t- taking hostages to get someone to do what you want. Classic war move. It's true. And also, I regret making that Pirates of the Caribbean reference because now I'm just thinking about how much I liked the third one and nobody else did. Uh, it's been a long enough, so long since I've seen the third one, I don't actually know what I think. (laughs) So here's the thing. Those movies had maybe the last good balance of practical and CG effects, uh, in, in modern movies for a long time. Davy Jones, for example. But I liked the third one a lot. I liked that it was three hours long. I thought it was absolutely beautiful and sad. And when I say beautiful, I mean literally. Like when they're up at the like fucking North Pole and there's the stars and the icebergs and shit. It's a real pretty movie. I liked it a lot. But I also understand that most people, when they went to go see the silly, you know, the silly Captain Jack Sparrow movie, um, probably did not expect uh, a three hour. Seven hours of sailing. Re- Exactly, reflection on, they did not know they were signing up for Master and Commander, uh, but with Monstros, which now that I say it, I mean, is something I want. Yeah, no, I, I, right I want now. that. Um... Yeah, me too. Um, also, I realize I am referencing a celebrity who is currently caught up in a domestic uh, abuse dispute in which both parties are alleged to have done damage, and we are acknowledging that and setting it down over there yeah. because we have nothing useful to say yeah, about no- it. Nothing anyway. useful. Um, nope. So PJ tells Ares basically, yes, hello, I would like another enemy, please. Can I put your name down on my list? Yeah, I, I, I really want to just rip your fucking head off. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> he says, let me find the quote. I balled up my fists. You're pretty smug, Lord Ares, for a guy who runs from Cupid statues. Oh, shit, which is an excellent point, really. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, like, it like he he ran from statues from the raw uh, from the wrong pantheon even disgraceful <laughs> it's true yeah cupid was a roman guy wasn't yeah, he, he uh, the roman equivalent of eros oh that's right so he says we'll meet again percy jackson next time you're in a fight watch your back and i i do have to say well i mean first of all fuck aries obviously he's a he's a prick he's a piece of shit but i admire his self knowledge 
Uh, Ares is a pure creature, uh, which is easy because he's a god, right? He's literally yeah. the manifestation of a, of a platonic ideal. But, like, yeah, he, I he admire... He doesn't need to think about things. He can get away with just doing shit. He just... He's like Darkseid. Darkseid is. Uh, and... Like, I love... I re- and Darkseid is also a piece of shit. <laughs> Correct. I really love that PJ was like, yeah, I kicked your daughter's ass. And Ares was like, yeah, oh, she probably should have been better at fighting then. Anyway, and just moves on. And, like, when he's talking about it, next time you're in a fight, watch your back. Like, he's just... He just does things. Like, he's just... He is the fighting energy. And that is his perspective and his, uh, his opinion on all things is that, you know what? Fighting. But, anyway... So they pile yeah, t- into. Turns out when you're immortal, you can just kind of do things. Correct. So they pile into the most depressing eighteen wheeler yeah. in the world. A... Goodbye, Denver. Hello, cruel. Yeah, world. just a shocking turn of just like depravity and depression. Where yeah, there's a lion, there's a zebra, and there's a strange I don't know, like a fucking or- an an oryx or some shit. Probably an ibex. Yeah. Uh, so- some weird antelope thing I didn't know the name of. Probably. That's that's the quote of the from the book, so. Yes. And Grover, predictably, goes berserk. And uh they help the animals as much as they can. And like again, we're not gonna get too into it, but like they'd been given backwards food, like they gave a lion some turnips, and they it's 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 real bad. Yeah. So they help the animals out as much as they can. Yeah, they help the animals as much as they can. And, uh, they go on to, uh, a, a, a thing I liked, uh, with- Heart to heart time? Yeah, heart to heart time. Friendship. Feelings time. Uh, first they drop the story of Arachne, which- Yeah. Uh, is always a, is always a good one. Um uh, William, give us, give us a, give us a rundown of the, the story of the conflict between so, Arachne and Athena. So, there are- Two primary common versions I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, uh, they, they have the same source, but they, um, have different endings. Um, okay. Where the mortal weaver Arachne, uh, challenged, uh, basically boasted that she was the greatest weaver of all time. Uh, weaving is one of Athena's domains. Cause, okay. Cause, you know, all the gods have just one random, one of these things is not like the other purview. Their portfolio. Uh, right. So that was like, that was like saying, yeah, Poseidon's pretty good at horses, I guess, but you know who's better? Me. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the god of the ocean. Yeah, seahorses. Yeah, Athena took exception to this. Umbridge. And, yep. you know, set up a ch- and challenged her. Um, well, it, it, now this is an important it, question. This is not me being flip- flippant. I promise. Uh, did Arachne like literally do the hubris thing where she's like, God Himself could not sink yes. this ship, and Athena herself could not outweave me? Oh, okay. Well, then she had it coming, yeah. and I don't feel yeah, bad for her. Um, it's it kind of goes back and forth whether Athena challenged Arachne or Arachne challenged Athena. Uh, Either way, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, Arachne. I don't know what to tell you. Um, most version, and they, you know, she challenges her to weave a great tapestry. Uh, sure. And most versions have Arachne winning the contest. 
Sure. And uh, Athena thus turns her into a spider. Uh, okay. And the differences I've encountered are in the motivation, where either she turns her into a spider out of anger and spite, so now the only thing she can do is weave thread. Right. You're like, weaving so much? Here. Or... I'll weave you to it. Or it's a... Effectively a reward where you are the best weaver. I am going to give you the ability... I'm putting you in a form where you can weave for the rest of eternity. Okay, that's pretty Uh, cool, actually. I've... It's one of those funny things with uh, Greek stories where there are a lot of variations, and right, um, n- same story, different version, and all yeah, are like true. It's like it's tell t- you know tell the story of Arachne in like Epirus, and tell the story in Macedon, and you're going to get different endings. But right, but they're both still basically the same story, um, depending on what kind of spiders they have there. Yeah. Um, well, and like that, that, that was a joke, but like, there are some places where the spiders are little homies who hang out and keep your home, like, you know, mosquito free. And there are some places where the spiders present a very real threat to your life. Yeah. So like being turned into one could easily be a positive or negative thing, just depending on the local relationship with our eight legged friends. I suppose. Uh, yeah. And Casey makes a good point, William. He does, sometimes. <laughs> uh, and this is uh, the explanation for why Annabeth freaked out on the spiders, because... Correct. Because they are going into the... They, they are go- going by the uh, more antagonistic version of the story. So now uh, Arachne's children are all gunning for the children of Athena. Uh, Correct. She is the favored enemy for all spider type enemies. Yes. Yes. And and eventually, as the evening wears on, the truth comes out. Luke, ABC, and Grover were Thalia's companions. Yes. Uh, Grover thought that he could save all of them, and he was wrong. Yeah. And was judged to have failed because he didn't focus on Thalia, who was his charge. He was apparently just supposed to leave Luke and ABC to die. And everyone else agrees, that's stupid. Fuck those guys. Fuck that. Fuck the council. (laughs) I understand the council's decision. (laughs) But seeing as how it's a stupid-ass decision, I have elected to ignore it. Uh... It's true. And, yeah, they they just go on this really nice, like, conversation about, you know, how they're supporting each other and their friends. Yeah, they're having a really nice just, like, feelings and friendship and bonding moment. Like, Grover feels really unworthy to have found both Thalia and PJ, like, two of the, you know, the most powerful demigods in recent living memory. Yeah. Yeah. And, And PJ is like, no, Grover... You're good. You're gonna succeed. You rule, dude. You're gonna find Pan himself, I bet. Yeah. And he means it. He does. He doesn't know what that means, but he knows he means it. Yeah. And, uh, they also do a thing where I know your, I I know just, like, your senses peak. My whiskers went twing. They give a little explanation as to Annabeth Chase's necklace. Yes, uh... Her first necklace bead apparently features the... Okay, so 
there's these beads, right? You get one for every year you finish at camp, every summer you get at camp. Which raises the question, what about the year-rounders? Shouldn't there be, like, an off-season bead for them? Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, her first bead has a pine tree, which apparently represents Thalia, because that was the most significant thing to happen. Yeah, the, there were ev- a couple... Every of, August, what? the counselors pick the most important event of the summer, and they paint it on that year's bead. Correct. I've got Thalia's pine tree, a Greek trireme on fire, a centaur in a prom dress. Now that was a weird summer. And it's like, yeah. Uh, And it's like, yes, please tell me, but they're not, uh, they're not, they're not gonna. And you know, the most recent ones would be like, there'd be a COVID molecule and like the Tiger King. Yeah. Uh, probably. I think we can agree. One year would be like, that dress that nobody could tell what color it was. Yeah, absolutely. Even though it's like... God. So, you know, it it really feels like the past four or five years or so, every month we have said, you know, last month was the last normal month of our lives and we didn't know it. And that just keeps happening over and over and over again. And that's probably just life. That's how life yeah. works. Whatever. Um, not to normalize what's happening right now, but, uh, one of my fondest memories of like what I think of as the old world now <laughs> was when that, when the dress thing dropped, there was the dress and there was that llama who escaped and went on a rampage on the highway yeah. that I like to think Grover had something to do with. Llama drama. But, but, uh, I remember that specific weekend I was working with my wife at the auto glass place where we both worked and I had just picked up a copy of the 3DS port of Majora's Mask. I was very excited for that. We got, uh, we got some spaghetti sauce at the store and bought some Girl Scout cookies from the Girl Scouts out front the shop. And I just sent the picture of the dress. Well, so I, I hit up my, my mother and I said, Hey, what are you guys doing? And she said, Oh, we're having a, a dinner party with, uh, with Pam and Danny Curler from next door. Uh, and I said, okay, well, here and i sent her a picture of the dress and i said show everyone this picture and ask them what color it is <laughs> oh so you just threw a lit molotov into someone else's conversation yep just threw a grenade into their dinner party and my mother thought it was something i had done she was like casey what how did you do this are you what what are you how are you making this happen <laughs> uh, agent of fucking chaos Oh, it was so great. I don't regret anything that happens to the curlers. That's not true. The curlers are... The curlers hold a special place in my heart because one time when I was still living with my parents, we had them over. And I don't even remember what I said, but we were all having dinner and I said something. And Pam looked over at my mother and said, oh, look at the bright side. He could have been twins. Oh. And, uh... (laughs) Fuck you, Pam. (laughs) Yeah, so Pam Curler, uh, it's... Now, you know what, Pam Curler? Now, if you hear this, fight me. Now, personal enemy of the Jackson Two. Yeah, Shane Bustios and Pam Curler. Uh, Shane Bust. The list is growing. I don't know what you did, Shane Bustios, but I assume you do. Yeah, it was from last time, but he was he was the less cool Sean Lawrence. Uh, uh, William, you got to start naming some enemies. Who? Okay, I I don't want to take up all the enemies based on our. I list. have enemy you put on one here? enemy. Okay. His name is Aaron Morales. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> if I ever see him again, okay. I'm punching him in the face. I don't care what the consequences are. Fair enough. Okay, put it on the list, listeners. If he Man. somehow finds this, uh, that's gonna be some, ex- that's gonna be a conversation. 
Yeah. Well, you know what? It's an open invitation. If he uh, wants to come on here and fucking explain himself, we'll destroy him. Anyway. So, yeah, they go over all that, uh, and the ring on Annabeth's necklace is, in fact, uh, her father's ring and was a token from Athena to him. Yes. And it was, he sent it to Annabeth as, um, what seemed to be an attempt at making peace. Uh, yes. But. This is an effort of reconciliation, except this symbol. Yes, except, uh, you, you, you know, her stepmom, who is, seems to right. have, Smelly Gabby. Who seems to have been the main problem, uh, of last time was still around. Correct. And, uh, she was just like, you know what? Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm Camp Half well, now. And then Monstro's happened, yeah. and I think we can agree, that's, that's gonna exacerbate any situation. <laughs> any domestic tensions will be heightened due to Monstro's. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, she, she got the Percy Jackson special, everything went wrong, so now she's a full-time camper, and she is done with her dad. Absolutely. And Percy, for goddamn once, reads the room and says, you know what, good talk, I think our, I think our relationship meter has filled up enough for today. Yeah. And we pass another few miles of silence. Although, ABC does say, and here, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find the quote, because she deserves to be quoted correctly come on gotta find it there it is she says pj asks so if the gods fight i said will things line up the way they did with the trojan war will it be athena versus poseidon she put her head against the backpack Ares had given us and closed her eyes i don't know what my mom will do i just know i'll fight next to you why because you're my friend seaweed brain any more stupid questions and, and uh, you know, that's and you know cool. what? That, uh, uh, that, that, that's, that's fucking phenomenal. That's pretty good. It's, it's, it's really good. Friendship, yeah. motherfuckers. That's really good. Yeah. So, guess what, William? It's time for another dream sequence. Yep. Uh, and I'm not a fan no, of these. No. I don't know about you. These dreams are, like, pretty intense for a, like, middle grade book. Yep. Just, Horrifying. Pretty intense to be reading in the middle of the night after a long day, and you got to do your homework before you record a podcast the next day, and they're real fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, where, uh, I dreamed, <laughs> I, I was being forced to take a standardized test while wearing a straight jacket. Sure. All the other kids were going out to recess, and the, keep, the teacher kept saying, come on, Percy, you're not stupid, are you? Pick up your pencil. Which, uh, Damn. yeah, no, that, that reads. Yeah, it real, real does. And like, whether that's, whether that's just a surface level commentary on Uncle Rick saying, hey, you know what, teachers, your job is to support students, not make them feel like they're bad at academia just because they're bad at standardized testing or whatever. Or whether that's a deeper commentary on like the inherent ableism of dismissing a student's individual learning needs, especially when it's, you know, dictated by an actual learning disability. The inherent, uh, the the inherent problem of standardized testing. Exactly! And it's linked, and it's linked to funding for schools. Anyway, but at least he's not alone, because the main girl from The Craft is there. Uh, Or maybe Joan Jett. I don't care for The Craft. A weird take, but okay. Uh, I don't know what 1994's number one witch movie did to you. Yeah. I, I just don't like mid-90s goth shit. 
Yeah, that's that, you know what reasonable. I, I'll, I'll I, give you that. I, they all read. They all read too much Sandman. I, I I dealt with the middle schoolers who grew up on that stuff, and it's like I, I'm good. There it is. Yep. Okay. That that tracks. Okay. Uh, then she's Joan Jet. That I think we can. Agree. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Or rather, she is Thalia, daughter of Zeus. Right. Did you know they made a movie about Joan Jet? They, they it was called The Runaways yes, uh, in 2010, yeah, starring uh, Kristen Stewart. Correct, and Dakota Fanning, or maybe Elle Fanning. I get the Fannings confused because there are too many of them. Yeah, the, and, and, but, and um, the, uh, being sisters, they do look fairly similar. Exactly. Apparently, it was pretty good. I, I did not I, see it. Because I heard mostly I, good things, but I'm not... Yeah. I, like, I, I barely watch biopics of bands I like. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I have, I, I have no feelings on Joe Jess. Yeah. No, I mean, clearly she was important. Clearly she was good at she did. God bless. But it's pretty funny to me that, like, Kristen Stewart and Robert Battenson and everybody in all of the Twilight movies have gone on to have, like, pretty successful careers. And it's becoming increasingly evident that those were just bad movies and they were bad in them through no fault of their own. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, the... nobody hates those movies as much as the people who were in them. Yeah, it's no, great. It, it turns out it's really hard to be a good actor if there is literally... Really no support for you. You need clay to make bricks you... in old Babylon for dogs to make jokes. Yup. Yup. So he decides. What the fuck? He, uh, he yeah. decides. You know what? I'm peacing out. I'm gonna go back and yeah. talk to the fucking Balrog or whatever the fuck this is. Yeah. Like, well, and she says, and Thalia looks directly at him and says. Well, seaweed brain, one of us has to get out of here. Yeah, and she's right. Uh, and he yep. leaves. He falls into a dark cavern where the voice, where La Voce, discusses him uh, with an unseen party yes. who confirms that PJ suspects nothing. Yeah, some good minion banter. And Muhaha, etc. Yes, deception upon deception. Yeah, and this is the guy, this is the person, this is the thing that clearly, the one who actually took the bolt. Yes. And is pushing Zeus and Poseidon closer and closer Whoever, to war. This, this the is voice, the mole in calf path blood. Correct, this is the Grima worm tongue. And uh soon, both reward and revenge will be theirs when, and this is important, both items are delivered. Ooh, what's the second and item? We don't know what the second item is. Well, see, here's the thing. If this thing is already, if this person, whoever they are, has already stolen the bolt, then that's probably not either of the both being referred to, yeah. right? So this is two things we don't know anything about yet. Absolutely. It's, it, it's, it's, it's good mystery building, I'll tell you. It is. Well, and then, as happens, uh, Percy encounters the Palantir problem. Yeah, where, uh, he's, listening in on the conversation and then the conversation realizes he's there yep when you gaze into the dream the dream gazes back and uh and then shit shit gets shit gets like shit gets cover of a metal album pretty quickly yeah he, yeah, he, he gets uh dropped into a vast throne room with black marble sure. walls and bronze floors the empty sure. horrid throne was made from human bones fused together. Standing sure. at the foot of the dais was my mother, frozen in shimmering golden light, her arms outstretched. And yeah, no, that's right. pretty metal cover. 
Yeah, exactly. You got that fucked up bone throne. You got Saint Sally and stuff. I'm picturing her in like, you know, the seven sages in Ocarina of Time. They were trapped in like yeah. those crystals. That's basically what I'm picturing. And, uh, it's, it's looking like a pretty rad metal cover. Maybe a Franzia. Yeah. You know? Uh, Maybe yeah. And then, Rosetta. oops, he, he's bones now. And other bonesos are dressing him in hero's raiment. Yeah. And, uh, evil voice began to laugh. Hail the conquering hero. Muha, ha, etc. Exactly. I can never hear that line without thinking of the the Latin. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Um, I think we can agree. William, I've got a question. So these 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 visions, these dreams, these transportations, whatever they are, how much of these, like content wise? Do you think is just regular fucked up dream shit that's leaking its way in? Um, I'm gonna say like 10% and the rest is just... It's just straight plot injection. Plot injection and visions. It's gotta be a non-zero amount, because like, Thalia calling him seaweed brain. Oh yeah, that's what what Annabeth calls him. Exactly, so like, either two girls decide to come up with the same... Nickname for him out of nowhere. Would, one of whom is completely unknown to him. I, I mean, that that would track for middle school context. Well, uh, adjacent. Well, fair enough, I guess. I don't know. Well, and and they did call Poseidon old seaweed. Yeah. I, I don't know. So maybe, but yeah, I think that's that's got to be some like super imposition of traits or something. I don't know. It was just interesting. Anyway, so he wakes up. And, uh, now we are having active animal abuse to go with the neglect. Uh, yeah, no, the, the guys open, the guys driving the truck open it up and just like. They're mean to the they're animals. They're mean to the animals and, uh, uh, it's real bad. Uh, it's real bad. And the zebra asks PJ to free him because he's the Zorse Whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the zebra. So, uh, there was no sound, but as clear as day, I heard it say, "Free me, Lord, please." Yeah, uh, and Grover Grover says these guys. These the lion says these guys are animals. Oh, and Grover's been talking to the animals naturally. Um, sorry, we forgot to mention. Yes, Grover says the lion says these guys are animal smugglers. That's right, the zebra's voice said in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Just chiming in, but I'd heard the zebra talk, but not the lion. Why? Maybe it was another learning disability. I could only understand zebras. And then I thought, horses. What did Annabeth said about Poseidon creating horses? Was a zebra close enough to a horse? Was that why I could understand it? Which? The zebra said, open my cage, Lord, please. I'll be fine after that. Yes. Open my cage, Lord, please. I'll be fine after <laughs> that. Uh, yes. Uh, Thousand percent, yes. You know what? That's kind of cool. That's pretty good. Well, so does it extend to all equines? I would all ungulates? assume. Like, what measure is a horse? Because I mean, if you can talk to a horse uh, to a zebra based on horses, then he can definitely right. talk to all all the others. Because um, what we can think, like the horse, that like the domesticated horse, right. and the zebra are basically as different as can be possible while still being in the same like genus. Uh, category, right? Horses domesticus, yeah. Uh, like and ze- like, like, cause like, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, zebra are bastard animals. 
<laughs> Go on. They live purely to kick and bite and scream at you. They have, no, they have no like, they they have no like wild family structure. So, like, like they're without morals. They are steeped in their own sin. Like, like there are a number of like criteria you need to have a an easily domesticatable animal. And right. zebras have basically none of them. Oh no! Uh, Neither do cats, honestly, which is interesting. I was I was reading Ryan North's How to Invent Everything, and it was talking about the domestication timeline for various animals that you can you can use if you're ever stranded in the past. And it got to cats, and it's like, so here's the thing about cats: we're not entirely sure they are domesticated. Yeah, cats just kind of showed up. They did, and apparently there are biological markers of domestication, and cats don't have them. And yet, here they are, snuggling with us, and accidentally getting milk all over them when Casey drops a fresh gallon of milk yesterday, and it explodes all over the floor in a huge mess. Oh. And now Holland Holland is running around with her fur all sticky-uppy. It's pretty cute. Oh, no. <laughs> so zebra, I know, it's so fucking cute. Uh. So zebras do, do not lend themselves to the proverbial saddle. No. Uh, like, uh, like, like, what, one hurdle is that they don't have, they don't really have, like, a group mentality. Like, right. like, they'll huddle up for, like, safety in numbers, but. Well, like, meetings, yeah. But they, like, if you get a zebra to follow you, its family isn't gonna follow him. Where, <laughs> it's like, whereas, well, that's, whereas, the last we'll see of Dave. Whereas with horses, they have an active, like, herd structure hierarchy. Uh, okay. And also, they are just incredibly unfriendly animals. Uh, Bastard. They, like, if, if, if well, you try to ride a zebra, you will be lucky to keep your fingers. That's that's pretty terrifying, considering something that I have to relearn every time we visit the the zoo here, uh, which is that zebras and listener, you you won't believe this, and you may need to look up some pictures. Zebras are fucking enormous. Yeah, they are huge. Yes, they are. They they are quite large animals. They're only slightly smaller than most domestic horses. Uh, exactly, horses. Also huge. There, Giant There animals. is a reason that cultures that domesticated the horse suddenly got a huge uptick in productivity. Correct. In, in the things are, they were able to do. Horses are pretty useful. So we know they can crossbreed. So, okay, so part of the problem is the way that we tend to think of species delineation, because we think of the horse as being like the sort of default equine and everything else being a variation on the horse, and that of course is nonsense. The horse is, is simply one more end of the bracket that started with proto-horses, you know, uh -huh. however many millions of years ago. A horse ago. is a horse, of course, and, of course. Exactly. Um, and so like the zebra... Like, they can crossbreed. Yes. They're similar enough to produce Zorses. We know this to be true. I wonder if the Zorse can be domesticated. Uh, semi. It, okay. They can be, uh, they can be tamed and be taught to be cool around humans. Um, and the, right, but that's and, and, the and, same the sa and the same is true of Zebra. It's just... Okay. Uh, the way I've heard it, if it's at a zoo, it's tamed. If it's on okay. a farm, it's domesticated. 
Because okay, uh, domestication enough. also, um, it, there's also definitions of what the humans can do with the animal. Like, right. Uh, like if all the animal can, if all you can do with the animal is like hang around with it for a bit and it won't kick you in the skull, it's yeah. tamed, but you can't really do anything else with it. Meanwhile, right. You can't like give it a job. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, horses and mules and dogs, you can give them jobs. Uh, them cats has drawn paychecks. Uh, and also Zorses, I don't think can breed themselves. Um, I think, I think, oh, that, because I they're, think they're sterile hybrids, like, like, uh, yeah, like mules. Like m- most mules. There have been instances yeah. of mules breeding, but, uh, most mules are sterile. Yeah. Um, okay. it's, it's one of those weird things where some, I, I, I don't, I know there's probably terms and explanations for it, but I don't know them. Uh, where right. some animals can crossbreed, but the product of that crossbreeding cannot, can't. Usually cannot, right. Like ligers and tigons. Yeah. And I have yeah. no idea why that works the way it does. That that is Me that neither. is the outer end of my biological knowledge. Some kind of high powered mutant never even considered for mass production. Mm-hmm. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Yeah. Speaking of which, um oh also, just as an aside, like, zoos are pretty bad, but they're also a way to take care of endangered animals, Zoo- and if you patronize them, they can help some. Da- I don't know. Can, zoos are complicated, guys. Zoos can be bad. Um, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, there are zoos that are very important because they are right. doing active conservation, and they are actively making sure the animals are having good lives. Like, Right. Uh, I, f- I forget which zoo it was, but I-, I think it was, I think it was a zoo in France or something where, like, the gazelle enclosure was like the size of my neighborhood. Nice. Uh, Good for them. Where, like it, it was, it was closer to a wildlife preserve park than a Preser- zoo. Right. Um, yeah, the question is complicated, and like, do I feel bad when I see a zebra just wandering around in the Phoenix Zoo? I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's pretty spacious. It seems like they're living a pretty good life. Uh, and like, y- when I go into the, where the spiders live there, like, you aren't gonna tell me that a spider has an appreciably different quality of life being taken care of than it would just out there fending yeah. for itself, right? If anything, that's a better quality of life for the spider. But, um, I don't know. Zoos are a complicated issue, but William had the right of it. Some zoos, I guess, are better than others? Yeah, it's, question mark. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like th- there's a there's a tendency among folk to like declare something either all good or all bad, and that's almost never right. the case. Like that is usually glib and reductive. Like sure, there are some zoos, quote unquote, that where that have you know an ibex or something in a ten by ten cage. And that's horrifying. There's a famous zoo in China that you should avoid learning about if you want to preserve your soul. Yeah, if if you like being, you know, happy. Yeah. uh, But yeah, no. If you if you if you like being able to believe that there's any shred of goodness in the human species. But but most but a lot of zoos, especially like um, 
the ones there are ones run by actual like wildlife foundations they're yeah. doing what they what, they're, they're doing okay. what they're supposed to be doing uh yeah they're pretty okay plus i like that we're not trying to like for example great white sharks do very poorly in captivity they die very quickly and uh, uh, it's pretty and upsetting we're not, that we, and we're not entirely sure why <laughs> We are not, but we've concluded that it's really none of our business. Yeah. <laughs> so we've like we've stopped trying, which I think is the right thing. Anyway, uh, zoos are complicated. Use your own best judgment and try to find one that is as cool as possible. Back to the story. Back. PJ to the story. freeze the zeb. We're doing a we're doing a breakout, William. Yeah, we're, we're busting this joint wide open. Yeah, we're just we're just releasing wild animals onto a busy street yep. in Las Vegas. What? PJ and the Zeb. No, it's going to be great. Grover blesses all of them with something called a Satyr's Sanctuary, which, if memory serves, grants them all the benefits of the Outlander background. Yeah, it's like, it's like I'm pretty sure this is a level 4 druid spell. I believe so, yeah. It's like you got fine food and water, you got wild orientation. So they'll be able to survive out there in the wild until uh, until I... they can find a safe place to be which uh you know i yeah sure there, there's totally you know safe places for zebras in north right. america siegfried and roy just happened to be walking yeah. by um oh rsvp sorry guys i wasn't making a joke about them dying listeners no uh, uh although i do have to say that like so this satyr sanctuary assures that these aminals will be able to find food and water and stuff but like you release a lion into uh, into like a sedentary population where they have the richest, most decadent buffets in the United States. Yeah, I think the lion's gonna find something to eat. Yeah, what could possibly? It's go? gonna be tourists from Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, irresponsible <laughs> children. Uh. What happened to Lester? At by a lion. Yeah. Anyway. So they are now disoriented in Las Vegas. Which is the only way to really be. Correct. Uh, they note that much like Peggy and Bobby Hill upon arriving in Phoenix, that, uh, that this, this city should not exist, that it is an affront to God. It, it is just baking. Real quick before we move on, there, there was a line right. I liked, um. Hit me. Uh, when, uh, the bad men are being bad men, um, Next to, next to me, under the turnip sacks, Grover tensed. For a peace-loving herbivore, he looked downright murderous. Uh, yeah. Which is a moment I would like to point out. Uh, herbivores are generally significantly more dangerous than carnivores. Oh yeah, they have to be. Because... <laughs> you have to be able to fight off the things that are trying to predate you. Yeah, because generally, a predator kills you because it's trying to eat you. If it's right, if it's well fed, it'll leave you alone. If we've learned anything from zebras, if a zebra kills you, it was for spite. Yeah, if if, if a zebra kicks you in the head, it it, it did just because it wanted to. It was bored. Ugh. So yeah, Grover Grover may very well be about to stomp these guys with his hooves. Which you know, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Just slop, slop, slop in the chest but, cavity. Um. <laughs> Yep, just crunching ribs all day long. Um, they <laughs> and they end up at the Lotus Hotel and Casino. Do not go into the Lotus Hotel and Casino. Whose doorman promptly invites them three unaccompanied minors 
into his gambling parlor. Into the hotel and casino. And it's just like, yep. oh, God. Now, even, now, listeners. Even without knowing the things I know, this is clearly another trap. Now, listeners. If you have never been to Las Vegas, or perhaps you are a minor and have yourself never uh, entered a gambling establishment, uh, minors are tolerated there under very specific terms and conditions. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, if, if you're taking your child to the restaurant... Or you're right. staying there, they will let you go through the gambling lobby to get to the elevator. Correct, as long as you are in transit and in motion the entire time. Yeah, like if, if otherwise you could, because gambling laws are quite strict and specific, you could very easily just be kicked out if your yeah. kid is not, you know, properly looked at. Uh, they got eyes in the sky. But apparently, this place, uh, this place is just full of chillin'. I don't know. Well, like, I mean, define casino, I guess. Because I don't, I don't think any gambling is described. Yeah, no, it, it? it seems to just be like a Dave and Buster's. Exactly. It specifically says instead of slot machines, they got games. They got water slides, as if we haven't seen enough of those. They got indoor bungee. They got VR laser tag. There's no such thing as too many water slides. And of course, as if you hadn't guessed yet, they got goddamn snack bars. I'm coming to hate the term snack bar. I'm gonna be honest. Fucking snack bar. Uncle Rick, you were so close. It's like, Uncle Rick, do you know what a snack bar is? All you had to do was not say snack bar. All you had to do was say, you just say, you you, stall, food court. Cafeteria. Oh. God. Anyway, a steward arrives. This is becoming the new new bitching about people not talking to Percy. (laughs) Yep, this is the new thing. Is we're mad at snack bars. Uh, and yes, Bug. the bellhop, uh, wearing a white and yellow Hawaiian shirt with lotus designs, shorts, yeah. and flip-flops. And, uh, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I'm just gonna assume everybody in a Hawaiian shirt somehow tra- traces back to Mr. D. Yeah, that's reasonable. He is the patron shirt, he is patron shirt. He is the patron saint of the party animal and probably of the parrot heads as well. So he arrives with room keys and cash cards for all of them, saying, What? Ha! <laughs> no, it's taken care of. This isn't suspicious. Money? What? What's money? What? Just take it. Uh, There's no such thing as money. Quick question. Have you kids heard the Eagles song Hotel California? No? You've not? Cool. Go to town! It's a song about heroin. Uh... And it's a song about a lot of things. And they retire to a suite with food. And hot tubs, and internet, and, and shotguns a, for 12-year-olds somehow. And a, yeah, yeah, a skeet shooting machine and a shotgun. Yep, yeah, yep that just lets you over the fuck, streets of Las Vegas. Fuck it, what, what is this Mr. Burns horse shit? Now look, in fairness, Las Vegas is a lawless chaos land of of violence and decadence, so... It would not surprise me if there was a place in Las Vegas where if you knew the right people to ask, you could, like, hunt humans. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am just saying, like, we've, t- we've talked in previous episodes about, like, the decay of, of, r- not necessarily rural America, but, you know. Americana. Americana, yeah, and, like, Las Vegas is why, right? <laughs> yeah, Las Vegas <laughs> is 
uh, like, honestly, like, if you need a, like, there's a reason Las Vegas has become a symbol of decadence and decay. Exactly. It is, it is, um, well, and like, look, we say Las Vegas, and, like, there are people who live there full time because you need people to run a city. Right. Yeah. So like there are people who work at the restaurants and run the car dealerships and like all them cats are cool. Obviously yeah. it's kind of like how in Hawaii, you know, you think of Hawaii and you think of like, you know, resorts and white sand beaches. Okay. That's like 5% of the population. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, Lancaster, California is a complete waste of a shithole town. Doesn't yeah. mean, that, you know, there's not periphery. That's fine. Yeah. Like much when we say fuck America, Americans are cool. That's like when we say fuck Las Vegas, we mean like the corruption and the the institutions of decadence and cruelty. Yeah. Uh, not the not the good people who live there, I assume. I don't know. I remember that shooting that happened and I felt real bad about talking shit on Las Vegans. I'm I'm sure I'm sure y'all are cool. That's where the killers are from. Yeah. Uh fun fact. Yeah. Uh my favorite Mormon band. Uh they were originally going to call themselves the Las Vegas Killers, but mm. uh at around the time they started up as a band, there was a, like an actual serial killer going around the oh, town. No. So they decided it was not the move. Good call. Uh, it's a shame though, both because of the murders and because that would have been a really good name. That is a good name. Uh, you know what I don't like? I don't like it when a noun band lacks a definite article because their name is not the killers. Their name is killers. And yes. similarly, the eagles are not the eagles. The eagles are eagles and uh i don't like that it doesn't taste good what? No, no they're they're the killers that nope. is the name of their band really do they change that as far as i know it's always been the killers the killers let's find out rock band the killers okay yeah well you know what i'll be damned and i think the eagles are the same no, Eagles are not. I can tell you that much right now. I know more about the Eagles than I do about the Killers. I mean, I don't doubt that, now that I say it. I'm just reading about Mr. Brightside. No, that is... I, I am not asking about the football team. <laughs> Nor am I asking about the large bird. Have you ever actually seen an Eagle in person? Uh, probably at a zoo or some shit. They're enormous. Uh, yeah, no, uh, when I was in Alaska, there were a couple of bald eagles, and uh, they are preposterously huge critters. Huh. I'm, I, I looked it up, and it refers to them as both, so both. who knows. Okay. Um, I don't know, I was just reading about the Killers catalog here. Their last record, Pressure Machine, was, man, I was real excited, because the one before that, Imploding the Mirage, uh, was a big, big miss with your boy. I have no opinions of it. Killers. Really? Well, uh, that's fair. I mean, they, they've done a few songs I like, but it's, I, I was never, I was never huge into any bands, okay. really, as a youngin', so it's like. Yeah. You've got soul, but you're not a soldier. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, Day and Age is probably one of my top five records of my whole life, and their, uh, their live album at Abbey Road is, um, or not Abbey Road, Royal Albert Hall is absolutely incredible. Anyway, this has been a tangent for no one. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Let's get back to what the fuck were we talking about? So, yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, the Land of the Lotus Eaters. Correct. Uh, there were clothes in the closet, and they fit me. I frowned. 
thinking that was a little strange. Ah, yes, William, 12-year-old boys, that group most notoriously selective about their fashion choices. Oh, yeah, no, uh, totally not the group of the people that just throw on whatever the fuck fits. Definitely not garbage goblins. <laughs> I, 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 like, I don't know, maybe it is a, it was like a specific, a suspiciously particular fit. It's monogrammed. Where it's like, it's like, this is not a shirt that I fit into, this shirt fits me. Is for me. Well, you know what, and it could be a perspective thing, cause like, look, PJ is, he's, he's strong, he's athletic, he's, he's fairly fit. Probably feels good about himself and his self-image, so he probably wears clothes that actually fit him, whereas I was a fat child. And I'm something of a fat man, maybe less. But, uh, so I frequently wore clothes that were too big in an effort to hide that, which, of course, only made it all the more obvious. Uh, but, um... I, I was lucky in that I managed to never give a shit, so... Impressive. Regardless. Suspicious. You know, it's a real shame that this place is... Such an obvious fucking trap. Clearly a trap. It sounds really nice. It really does. It sounds, it sounds great. Uh, he slings the backpack full of shit from Ares into the trash, which is a good symbolic gesture, but like there was literal gold in there, dude. Yeah, like there's some like actual stuff you could probably use in that. You just threw away $20 cash, man. What the hell? And also backpacks are still useful. They really are and expensive. But they refresh themselves, and uh, instead of telling his friends about his incredibly ominous dream, one in a series of dreams that have so far seemed to come true or otherwise be relevant, uh, they hit the game parlors. Uh, yeah. I've had a dream or something. I'm something. Uh, dot, 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 dot. I, I needed know. to talk to my friends, but I was sure it could wait. It's probably fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so they just... They just... Full sloth out. They do. They get lost in their various amusements. Sim City and although, reverse duck hunt. Although I will say, um, getting to be able to, getting to shower after like a long period of having none available, mm. that is a feeling that makes me understand why people had like religious experiences around like baptisms. Yeah, that's fair. It's that's like, reasonable. Washing several thousand miles of the United States and also twelve hours in a trailer with some unkempt zoo animals off of you. I I I I can scarcely imagine a better feeling. So Annabeth is playing Sim City, or you know something Sims Sim similar City. Yeah, um, Grover is playing uh, Huck Dunt, which is a game where the duck hunts you, and. Yeah. PJ has a great time, but eventually twigs that something isn't right. Mostly because of a young man that I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Uh, yeah. He was, uh, his clothes were weird. I thought he was some Elvis impersonator's son. Sure. He wore bell-bottom jeans, a red t-shirt with black piping, and his hair was perm and gelled like a New Jersey girl's on homecoming night. Yeah. Which is... If that's not an evocative sentence, I don't know what is. What a sentence. What a country. It's like, <laughs> if you do not know exactly what this this fella's looking like. I don't know what more power, dis I don't know what else descriptive language has to offer you. But, yes, son of the Elvis impersonator uh, is, by all accounts, a pretty cool dude. 
Um, yeah. he's a, a disco youth who claims to have been there two weeks and also that it is 1977. Uh, yeah, and, uh, that basically mm. brings PJ to a screeching halt. Yep. He goes around asking other people, hey, quick question, what year do you think it is? And he gets the answers, 1977, 1985, and 1993. Are there any more years that Bowling About Soup has written songs about? I think they did one about 2000. Bowling for soup, not about soup. Bowling about soup is a different thing. That sounds like a charity. But yeah, all but of them bowling say... Bowling about soup sounds like a <laughs> very strange niche restaurant. It does. But uh they all agree none of them have been there very long. They all just got there. Yeah, th- th- yeah I've, I've been here a week. It's fine. It's fine. Guy, I'm just here with my parents enjoying America's booming economy. <laughs> And as it turns out, uh, no, they're not. Boy, that Reagan really did a shot in the arm for the country, didn't he? By actively defunding almost every welfare program he could think of and turning thousands of mental ill people out into the streets. Ugh. My, my, my political, my political party is let's dig up Reagan and kill him again. Uh. Cursed be Reagan. Anyway, um, like at least Nixon was an honest monster, right? Oh yeah, no, he... Yeah, he, he yeah. Ugh. Aru, Agnew, etc. So PJ snaps out of it, and oh shit, that's right. Uh, Hades and we have to Los stop, Angeles. We have to stop basically the end of the world. Something about the end of the world and Saint Sally, and uh, he's got to go and rattle ABC and Grover out of it too, just in time for the porter to arrive yeah, with no. their platinum cards. It's real fun. Uh, so he manages to, uh, snap out, uh, Annabeth by shouting, spiders! Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and, um, they literally have to drag Grover by the arms to get him yep. to leave. Yep. Because. Away from, away from the game where the deer shoot the rednecks, which is a quote. That is not me <laughs> saying rednecks. Which, I mean, that is a Ooh. vibe. It really is, and uh, I'd feel weirder about that if Uncle Rick wasn't from Texas, so I assume he knows from what he speaks. Yeah, no, he he knows these people. He knows what's up. Uh, Hunting is another weird one. Like, my barber, John, well, John the Younger, you know, um, mm-hmm. he's he's a hunter, and every time I go there, we have, like, three things we talk about, and one of them is what he's hunting right now and well william let's let's flip it back on you how do you feel about hunting i think if you are um if you are going to make use of the animal right. hunting is a is valid for both sport and sustenance right and uh it must be admitted population control uh sometimes yes yeah that needs to happen otherwise they'll they'll deforest state if, and, like, starve themselves to death. If the only, uh, motivation you have for hunting is the sport and the trophy, I think you're kind of a dick. Yeah, go shoot a target or some shit. Like, even if you personally are not eating the animal, like, right. sell at least, like, give it to a butcher or something. Right, animal getting eaten, give it to your local religious institution or Yo, something. Don't, I don't, don't, know, don't, could probably don't just Take a picture of it like a jackass and then just no. go off. Unless it actually is a jackass, in which case I don't think you're supposed to hunt those. That probably belonged to someone. 
No, yeah, no, that, that, that is a domesticated animal. That is a domestic animal. Well, but William, as, as I am certain you know, uh, because you have memorized the entire collected works of your favorite author, John Steinbeck, uh, in Travels with Charlie uh-huh, uh-huh. in Search of America, Steinbeck talks about how, uh, what brought him around on hunting and what brought me around on hunting, having read that, is that, like, you look at a beautiful deer or whatever and you think, I'm gonna shoot that deer, I'm gonna eat that deer. And you feel bad about it, but like something is going to kill that deer one day, right? That's Mm -hmm. just what's going to happen. And if you leave that deer alone and that deer gets left in the woods on its own, odds are whatever kills that deer is not going to be fast and it's not going to be clean or easy. So it's kind of the lesser of evils, especially if, as you said, you intend to, you know, actually make use of the animal like a wolf would if a wolf could handle a flensic knife. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what keeps me okay with hunting is that there are genuinely places in the world where people cannot do agriculture. Yeah. So the only way they can really get food is by killing something. You gotta do it, baby. It's the carnivore's burden. And it's like... take a bite of a delicious hamburger, you should expect some screaming. Yeah, it's like, and I am not... And, and, and I am not, you know, arrogant enough to just say, oh, they should just, they should just move to where you can grow grass. But no. That's that, not how that works. That, that, Humanity that is, has done enough damage to the planet, terraforming it to accommodate agriculture. Yeah, that, that, that is not even remotely how that works. And also, yes. you know, uh, tell, you know, telling, uh, coming in and telling people how they should live their lives and moving them around. Right. Uh, that's a, a little thing called colonialism. Uh, yeah, exactly. The the way your culture and people have been doing their shit for thousands of years is obviously just wrong. Yeah, no. Um, yes. And I'm even okay with sport hunting if you are also intending to make use of the animal products. Oh, you mean like, like trophies or some shit? Oh, like trophies, but also it's like, I'm going to take the... Uh, like, I am going out to hunt for the outdoor sport activity... But I am yeah. going to take the product of that hunting and sell it to a butcher, eat it, whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, that's that's on par with eating I mean, it yourself. It's, it's you know. I, I mean, th- that might be a distinction without a difference for some people, mm-hmm. but but it's one you're making. That's fine. As long as the end result is the same, I'm okay with it. Um, as long as a deer gets eaten, William's happy. But yes, they so, are literally grabbing, dragging Grover by the arms out of the correct. casino. And the porter arrives with their platinum cards. Tempt, tempt. And, uh, they, Percy really wants to take it, but, yeah. uh, because. It's platinum. Come on now. Oh yeah, no, it's nice and shiny and it, it, it probably gets you like Duke Nukem Forever five years early. Uh. Absolutely. And so you'd be disappointed in it and it's outdated and sexist references. Um, and he, he says a... William, when did that, when, when did that game come out? Hey Google, when did Duke Nukem Forever come out? Duke Nukem Forever's initial release date is May 3rd, 2011. 2011. William, there is a joke, and I only know this because I, I read an article about it in, in, uh, in Game Informer magazine, RSVP. Sure. Uh, there's, there is an Olsen Twins joke. In yep. Duke Nukem Forever. That is, is the kind of development to release window they were working with. It is protracted. <laughs> it, it is it, it is not a joke. 
It is a running joke that lasts it, half the game. It is prolapsed, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm going to use that. It is a prolapsed joke. Ugh. Anyway, platinum cards. They're mighty has, tempting, William. Uh, it, it leads to a line I very much like. Um, I knew if I took one, I'd never leave. I'd stay here, yep. happy forever, playing games forever, and soon I'd forget my mom and my quest and maybe even my own name. I'd be playing yes. Virtual Rifleman with Groovy Disco Darren forever. Groovy Disco Darren is the best. I'm going to be honest, I, I kind of want to play Virtual Rifleman with Groovy Disco Darren. I mean, look, here's the thing. Groovy Disco Darren sounds like whatever you guys end up doing, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, no, he yeah. Uh, he sounds like a fun time. Uh, and a one-man party. You know what I would have liked? I would have liked for this porter to have been a little more sinister. Yeah. He's, he kind of just, he, he kind of just seems like an automata. He, okay, you know what? We're, we're gonna discuss the nature of this place in a minute. We're gonna, we're gonna get more to it because I have questions and I think you probably do too. But, yeah. uh, Percy says, no! Vade, vade retro me, Satana. And, uh, and they get the fuck out of there. They decline. They get the hell out while time is still on their, t- oh god damn it, it's been five days! Yep. Uh, and- Magic time void. It's kind Fuck of it. my, it's kind of my nightmare, but it's also kind of one of my favorite like fictional things. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, and yeah. yeah, they now have only one day until the summer solstice. Cause one nothing can ever, quest. nothing, it's not even that nothing can go smoothly. It's that nothing can go wrong in just like a normal way. No, absolutely not. It has to go wrong three ways at once in the worst possible fashion. That was chapter 16. We take a zebra to Vegas. William, what's the next one? Uh, uh, after 16 comes 17. Shit. We shop for waterbeds. We shop for waterbeds. Where we find out, was the Madagascar film series just Grover's fanfic about what all the escaped aminals would do once they got out of Vegas? Can! We safely assume that Gabe and Annabeth's stepmom are siblings. And if everything in the hotel wasn't comped, would Grover's minibar tab include that he ate the minibar? I think we can agree it would. Go ahead and read chapter 17 for next time. William, did you find yourself a Brunner? Mr. Brunner? In my world, I'm known as Chiron. Yes, absolutely, and it wasn't even particularly hard this time. Uh, my, my Brun Award goes to the friendship talk in the 16 wheel. Yeah, that's fair. It goes to all three of them, Cass. I am a, I'm a sucker for, I, I, I am a sucker for groups of people coming together and genuinely liking each other. Cause. Yeah, that's really good. For some reason that is just mystifying to me. It is a very common thing in fiction where, you know, a party comes together and they have to do a right. common thing of them to just be like snarky and not really like each other the whole time. And yeah. that can be fun. But sometimes it's just like, will you two just be, will you guys just be nice to each other? You're, yeah. you're all cool. Gimli, Legolas, just chill out, would you? Honestly. And, and then they do, and it's the best thing ever. I know, it's so fucking good. But like, it, yeah, it's either either they're jerks to each other, or like, 
they like each other a whole a whole bunch, but feel the need to like hide that in low key hostility because our because we're afraid of feelings, right? Or, or feelings they, are scary. Or they only like each other because they're smooching, and it's like, well, uh, exa- yeah, and it's like uh, you can like someone without smooching them. Damn it! It's true. That, I recommend that's, it. That's not although the, if you're smooching someone, you should like them. Like that's not just the asexualness talking. That's just a writing thing. Yeah. Also, I mean, like your your smooch mileage may vary. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, that you, we're not, we're not here to tell anybody how to live that. But but anyway. I, I do agree. If you smooch someone, you should like them. But yeah, if that's your arrangement, I don't know. I'm here for a lot of things. Kink shaming is not one of them. Um, I'm not here to yuck yums, which is a phrase I, I detest with my entire I, being. I only but, kink shame if it's funny. Well, then that's your kink. Anyway, uh, that's a mighty good runner. My runner also goes to the entire gang, although Groovy Disco Darren is definitely a close runner up. <laughs> I but, just love um, that line. So that much. guy's great. But my runner goes to the whole gang for <laughs> climbing out of a truck and right into William, literally directly into the first most obvious trap they could find. Yeah, no, like, like it could. Like, if this was only slightly less obviously a trap than the fucking Turbo Tunnel of Love or whatever it was called. Honestly. Uh, where it's just like, like, if you placed a sandwich under a box with a stick, it would be equally obviously a trap. Like. It really was, and just the way that, like, I picture just, like, the truck's back door opening, and it just sets them right on the doorstep of the hotel. They're like, well, I guess we might as well. Almost. It's it's very good. It is just chef's kiss. Makes me real happy. It it is very now, And now we come down to the discussion that I know you've been champing at the bit to have this entire time about the Lotus Eater machine. Yes, it is. It's one of those things where I really like it, but... I really like the trope and the idea, but I often see it handled very poorly. Right. Where it, th- this is straight from the Odyssey. Uh, a. At least the, I mean, even before that, it goes back to the Aeonid, doesn't it? Uh, maybe. It, it, it's in no, that wait a minute. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a different trope. Never mind. I'm sorry. It, it, it might, it, it's in that cycle. Um, yeah. Where Odysseus, uh, in his attempts to return home, uh, finds himself in the land of the Lotus Eaters, which yeah. is basically a, a paradisal, that's not the right word, um. Parasocial. Sh- no, uh, a, 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 just pa- a one- pa- Paris, the Pokemon. Just a, a, a wonderful place of leisure and, uh, yeah. just, just relaxation and, uh, to access it, they are fed lotus blossoms, which... Correct, which um, I did not know were native to Greece. Yes, uh, lo- lotus, uh, lotuses are one of those plants that, um, if there is fresh water, it will grow in it. <laughs> Neat. So it, it, so it, it's one of those plants that kind of spreads all over the place. Um, okay. Uh, and, which I don't know if Actual lotuses have any kind of psychoactive properties, but I don't believe uh, so. In the story, they do, and uh, I believe they give you. Uh, I give believe they give you two black mana uh, and can be reused every turn. 
that's one mana of any color each turn. Is it really? Yes. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, it is uh, an unfeasibly broken card. Uh, it is the only Magic the Gathering joke I know how to make. I have not played that game since Sliver Shivers was the uh, hottest new release. Anyway. Uh, anyway. And, yeah, it's, it, it, it's the thing where it's like, he, he thinks he's there for like a week and like right. 10 months pass. And it's, yes. and, and, and I believe it's, uh, I, I believe there's like a head spirit there that is like that makes sense. feeding off their life energy while they well, and that just was, disappear. Uh, and that was one of my questions. Cause like, okay, so we see this trope all over the place. The Matrix is a Lotus Eater machine, right? It, it is often replicated in that you're in some space. It is heavily hallucinationed on right. top of you, and there is a malevolent force behind it. Exactly, uh, uh, the, and it's it's the most it's the best kind of trap, the one that you don't want to leave. Yeah, um, well, it's the Hotel California and, that I moved to. And earlier. also, it's one you don't even realize you're in. Correct, which is important. But so I have several questions about this. So. There's an implication, I think. Uh, I forget where, and I can't, I can't find it here. But there's an implication that this place is just there to distract people that the gods want distracted. Like it's yeah. just a place for them to, for them to put people. So is it full of like other demigods and heroes? Maybe. It, it, like is groovy Disco Darren like uh, secretly a badass? Uh, yeah, he, he, he... Certainly looks like he could be the son of the god right. of gaudiness. Uh, well, see, that's the, well, and that's the thing you mentioned earlier that there's a malevolent power that's usually feeding off of them. And I assumed initially that this place was a pitcher plant, like yeah. that it drew them in and would sap their vital humors and similar. But like, if that cat's been there for thirty years, I mean, hasn't it, suffered any it, ill effects. I mean, it might just be a version where the point of the thing is to keep you there forever. Uh, okay, so so then. Which which then points to the question, so it's just an immortality chamber? Uh, I guess. that. Okay! Just, I mean, that you can never leave, and that, uh, pro- I mean, it's probably feed, uh, low-key feeding off you. Uh, I, I don't know, or, man. I, or, Disco I, Darren didn't seem to have any problem with it. I, like, I mean, his family probably did. Well, they're probably in there somewhere with him. I th- is the implication that I got. No, no, no it, it it doesn't bring up any of them having family. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it's Weird. it's full of kids. Maybe they got pulled into different versions. Well, and see, here's the thing: much like Ares' shield uh, turning into a bulletproof vest, because oh, yeah, those the, are two. Ver- oh yeah, no, that, that's definitely a thing because uh, Disco Darren uh, mentions that uh, the games are all I think keep getting better and better, which implies that they change over time. Correct. So the place itself presumably does as well. So it, 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 it seems to be a, uh, it it seems to be a bit of a Pennywise where it, uh, uh, attracts in children. Right. So this, so this will, I mean, not, not just necessarily children, but what I, what I'm saying is like that this might, it, well, it says that PJ got his, um, got his backpack back, right? Yeah. Which means he didn't actually throw it away 
in the trash can. So we had it on him the whole time. So like maybe there were, maybe if an adult wanders in there, they find a different place. Maybe they find a casino and it just like manifests differently. Well, so my question was like, if we take, uh, much like in O Brother or Art Thou, if we take a journey across America as a sort of recreation of the Odyssey or, you know, America as ancient Greece, ancient Greek world kind of thing. So, like, is is this implied to be the actual land of the Lotus Eaters? Yes. It's called the Lotus Hotel and Casino. I mean, I think we have to take that, yeah? Yeah, it's like... It's like you ask the question, it's literally answered in the book. It's not, I was, yeah, it's not just like a sequel location. It is the place itself. Yeah. Weird. And yeah, cause it, 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 much like Olympus is not Olympus. Right. Uh, well, there's has, Olympus and there's Olympus and Nary the Twain shall meet. Yeah. Yeah. Mount, the God Mount Olympus and the physical Mount Olympus are not the same thing. Right. So right. it, it is not inconceivable that the land of the Lotus Eaters, this other mythological place, could also move. Living in the land of the Lotus. So in in the Odyssey, did they suffer any ill effects from being there? Like, did they... There was... You said there was a head spirit that was feeding off of them? I guess I... I, It's been a bazillion years since I've actually read a... I've only read the Odyssey once, and I was forced Um, to. Same. Um... I believe some of, like, he might have had to leave some of his crew behind, and also he lost, like, months of his life. So they so, could still just be there. Um, and, you know, that there is supposedly a ticking, to- a ticking clock on him getting back home. Uh, right. To Penelope and Telemachus. Yes. Um, there's an episode of Omnibus dealing with the uh, penguin paperback classics library uh which is mm. a surprisingly interesting topic i recommend the episode but like the initiative behind it was that like there should be it, 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 there, there was a perceived like decline in popular consumption of literature like real literature not necessarily yeah. just you know like pop culture fiction and similar um and so this guy thought well what if you could get the great works of literature and the classics of history for the same price as like, I think, I think the thing they used was like five cigarettes or something like that. Three, yeah. It was like, you know, a quarter or the equivalent of a quarter in, in those days. Um, and they, and they tried it with the Odyssey and, you know, like some Dickens or some Shakespeare or some shit, you know, like the classics. And they, they put them out in these really affordable little paperback pocket size things, uh, at train stations and at newsstands and bus depots and places where a person, you know, before the advent of the e-reader or your telephone could feasibly look around and say, fuck, I should have brought something to read. I'm in that Jonathan Colton song about Skyball. Uh, and, they did this just kind of like as an experiment and like the Odyssey had it with a brand new translation, by the way, specifically for this thing. The Odyssey had its best week on the charts, like since the invention of the charts. Phenomenal. <laughs> so yeah, it's really good. And it, it really just underscored that like, it's not that people don't care about literature anymore. It's just that it's not accessible. It's, you know, seen as something hoity toity yeah. and removed from them. And if, if we make the culture more accessible and more readily available to the average lay person, uh, they will gobble it down just like they always have. Yeah. And, um, and also, if you are not forced to read it for a boring ass assignment you don't give a shit about, it is Correct. much more inviting. Yep. 
Well, this was a good episode, William. This was a chunky chapter. Uh, it was one of those things we talked about, I think, last time, where it really feels like being, like, trapped in the, uh, trapped in the 18-wheeler and that whole friendship moment. It really feels like that could have been a small chapter, and they just decided to lump it into this one, probably for editorial and pacing reasons. Yeah, like, maybe on their own, they, uh, didn't have the page count for a full chapter. Or maybe, maybe Uncle Rick had, like, a chapter, like quota he had to meet yeah so he had to just like snip and like a maximum he had to get under yeah, yeah. could be uh that, that's not un inconceivable to me unknowable well it was a good uh it was a good chapter and i think this is a pretty good episode listeners if you would like to tell us what you thought of this episode if you would like to tell us what your brunner award is we would very much like to know please tweet at us and follow us at the underscore po nope that's a different show at the jackson two what are we fucking called william the the jackson two the uh, is it underscore yes the underscore jackson underscore t w oh i'm sorry i was thinking of my other podcast uh peculiar objects um, please let us know what your brunners are and what your favorite memories of Las Vegas are. Mine is seeing a Siberian rockabilly band called the Red Elvises. They I, kick ass. I have never been to Las Vegas. Uh, you're fine. Yeah, it, it doesn't hold... Uh, th- there are only a handful of things that actually, like, appeal to me about the place. There's very little that you would, like, actively want to do in Vegas, and I don't think there's anything there that you couldn't do somewhere that was less terrible. The the only things that appeal to me in Vegas are certain shows that only happen in Vegas. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. um, You want to see that Celine Dion residency? Yeah, stuff like that, where it's like... That wasn't a joke, for the record. (laughs) She's not doing any... She's not doing shows anywhere else. So if I want to see Celine Dion, I kind of have to go to... Vegas. Well, uh, you can email us at thejackson2pod at gmail.com. If you email us, we will read it on the air and refer to you with the name you include by which we can do so. Hint, hint. He hinted. Uh, please leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. It is extremely helpful to us. You have no idea. You know what? We've gotten one sure. email, the one I read last time. I'm going to go ahead and see if we've got any ratings in the iTunes store. If your reviews are entertaining, we will read them on the air. Or even just, like, if you do one, I'll I'll read whatever. Here we go, the Jackson 2. See, do we have any ratings or reviews? Yeah. No, we do not. That's a crime. Wait, what? That's crimes. We don't have any ratings or reviews in the Apple iTunes thinger. Oh, so absolutely. absolutely. That really hurts. Uh, that's devastating. That's actually... That's very sad, actually. Uh, so if somebody would, would do us a solid and do that, you, you know what? You would get a special personalized Brunner Award. Yes. Um, so get on that. And I think that's all the ways we have to contact us. William, if the people should like to look at their Lotus Hotel and Casino cash cards and decide, you know what? I might like to spend a couple of, like, Lotus bucks on these cats. How could they do so? Well, they could shimmy on over to patreon.com slash the Jackson 2, all one word. Yeah. Where they will be given multiple options in the spending of money. I Uh, know you love an option. uh, Yeah, I love options. I love menus. Gotta gotta have them in order to get things done. Uh, Yep. And and those options follow thusly. For $2 a month, you get, get access, early access to episodes. 
Uh, it's pretty reasonable. Meaning, as soon as Casey gets them uh, edited together, they are given access to you. Uh, he's usually fairly quick, and there are usually there is two to three weeks ahead of to- ahead of the main feed usually. Yeah, uh, I'm a little behind right now because my work schedule just changed and stuff is weird. But there's definitely still one up there, and I'll try to get another one up soon. Just for the yeah. record, like if you're hearing this, we're recording this on May 11th, and this is um, episode what 16, I reckon. 16. So that is well ahead of what is released on the public feed right now. Well ahead. Uh, for five dollars a month, you get access. That's a much bigger investment. A, a much bigger investment, but a much bigger reward. Exclusive pre-shows every Ooh. episode. Uh, I like exclusivity. Uh, the, the pre-show is a thing me and Casey do where we just kind of, we purge all our silliness. Well, not all of it. Not all of it, but we. All of it, William. We, we do our, uh, friendship catching up talk. We talk about what's yeah. going on in our lives, movies, yeah. games. Uh, this week we talked about uh, fun historical trivia. Uh, we did, yes, uh, mostly about uh, Babylonian jokes. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, we talked about a dog ordering a beer in old Babylon. Um, we that was that was not me doing a Rastafarian accent. That was me. It's a word. The word Bob means gate. It's a religious thing. There's a prophet in the Baha'i faith whose name is the Bob. Anyway. Um, sure. Yeah, we did that. We talked about uh, unfortunate and inexplicably uh, artistically rendered celebrity autobiographies from the mid to late 1990s and what we could possibly do with that to entertain the people. Uh, talked about some video games. There's some good shit in there. Some very good shit. And if you, and you can have it for $5 a month. Five dollars a month, honestly. What are you gonna, like, look, let's just do the cost use analysis ratio, right? It was an hour. Every pre-show is usually at least around 45 minutes. It's usually an hour. Five bucks for an hour of entertainment is not bad. Yeah, and, and but, that's five dollars a month for a week, for a weekly oh, show. Oh shit, you're right! Yeah! Hey, what the hell? So that's way more than that. Like right now, that's God. I don't even know how many that, episodes are up. That's on the slightly like less over thirteen. That's slightly less than a dollar an episode. Exactly. Right now, there are like uh, I think thirteen episodes up there for five bucks. That's I, that's a pretty good deal from where yeah. this citizen is sitting. Considering you get these for free. Yeah. So yeah, and there's even more. Impossible. There's a platinum level to this. Uh, no. This is this is the gold level. We haven't gotten to platinum. My God, what heights could this possibly reach? Uh, for ten dollars a month, you get access to a monthly movie review, uh, as chosen by the patrons. Yep. Of the ten dollar tier. What did they choose this month, William? Uh, they chose the Babylon Five uh pilot movie, The Gathering. Yeah, which they sure do. Which should be, which we should be getting to very soon. Yeah, I'm. I'm just joking. Actually, you, I'm pretty excited about it. Thank you Got for your up on my television. Thank you for your patience, uh, patrons. Lone patron. Yeah, we well, because you know, just logistically speaking, we have to sacrifice one of our regular episode records to do that, and we don't mind doing so. It just it took some time to arrange. So that's all the people can extort us for, right, William? 
There is one more tier. My God. $20 a month. And what the fuck could you possibly get for $20 a month? What what glittering prize awaits? An entire god-tier reward for a quest. A pair of sawbucks. Uh, that gets you access to uncut episodes. Oh. Uh, where, where oh. in huh. all of the shit that gets cut from the normal episode, What's... that gets, that is left in all of the... Oh, no. All of the stammering, all of the pauses, all of the throat clearing. All, all the stuff that makes this seem like a really like smooth, well-polished production by comparison. Yeah, if, if you want, if you genuinely want huh. warts and all, just 20 extra minutes of just nonsense. Like if, if you're, if you're cool with what that says about you and whatever it is that makes you be that way. Like, uh, this, this running joke about Casey being disappointed in that option is for you. Yep. Uh, and that is all of the tears for this patron. Patreon. Wild stuff. So feel free to do that if you should like to. If you should, we would very much appreciate it. The show is not super expensive to produce, but it's definitely not free. And, you know, it takes our human time. So if you if you wanted to kick a little something, we would very much appreciate it. If you do not want to or are not able to, that's super cool too. And you know what you can do? You can tell a friend. All are welcome here. All are welcome. (laughs) All are welcome unless you're racist at a 12-year-old. Correct. At, well, unless you're racist, period, William. I don't want them trying to exploit some. Oh uh, yeah, no, yes. All, all racists can be are kindly asked to leave, and if they do not yes. leave, they will be unkindly asked. I would like again to give a shout out to uh, our pals on Reddit on r slash Camp Half Blood. I was apparently posting too much and had some of them removed. I did not realize there were rules uh, restricting that. I apologize. I am now limited to one post per month, in which I will tell them here have five weeks of podcasts. Enjoy, but uh, hopefully that'll get us some new friends and some big numbers, so you can give a shout out over there, William. Maybe we should start our own subreddit. Nope, that's a terrible idea. Those need moderators, and yeah. I'm not gonna do that uh, I, I mean yeah i was i was gonna say i don't know if we have the time to keep an eye on that uh, definitely do not you know what we do have the time to do go watch that movie we have to watch uh to record about it tomorrow for the patreon so if you want to hear casey like joking about not liking babylon 5 to an unknowable degree of realism you know yeah uh you can you can hop onto the patreon i'm just kidding i'm very excited for it uh, you can hop onto the Patreon and find out. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Wear your, Wear your masks. goddamn masks. Wash your fucking hands. Um, eat and the blue eat food. the blue food. William, I'm going to go get a hamburger, then come back and watch Babylon 5. We love you all, our buddies. Hey, all our buddies. Bye, 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 bye. A couple of uh, Lotus, they hardly know us. As long as a... Nope, never mind. As long as a deer gets eaten, William's happy.
Yeah. I I don't know what you were going to say, but it sounds like it might have been funny to laugh at. Uh, well, look, here, I'm very glad I caught myself. I'm definitely cutting this, but it'll probably be a sting. I was I was reaching for a different animal that isn't typically hunted, like for food or sport, that I thought would be funny. And uh, what I landed on was beaver, and I almost said that without... <laughs> Oh, Casey. Look. So much. Back at you, buddy. Okay. All right. We got to. <laughs>